Do you aspire to become a responsible leader? How do you see yourself now as a young man? Learning from challenges is one thing, but getting opportunities is another. If you're a young man who wants to learn about personal growth, life lessons, and leadership, tune in to Essential 11, shaping leaders among leaders. Young men, like there's just things that we face and we feel when we're 12, 13, 14, 15, right? So I like to start there. Who were you at that point? Where were you in the world? What were you doing? What kind of guy was calling? Yeah, so just to give a little context, a little bit of background, I grew up in a small, very small town in central Minnesota, um, you know, about 400, 500 people, no stoplights, mm. very poor community, um, you know, just not a, you know, a lot of farming and ranching, a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Also a lot of drugs and alcohol going on. Um, so just, uh, just, it was, it was a great place. A lot of good people. Um, but you know, you had to, uh, make sure you were intentional about the people you spent time with. So, um, at 14, 15, I was a, I was one of, man, I've got five brothers. I have five brothers. So I had five brothers. I was the second oldest. Um, so there's six boys. Yeah. 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 Six boys. Any girls. So, so my family split up. I have a stepdad and a stepmom and, you know, my real dad and my real mom. And, And fortunately for me, my parents, when they divorced, when I was three years old, they both live in the same town. So I, I would get to see both of them quite a bit. Um, on both sides, we'd go back and forth, you know, right there, three miles apart. Um, but on my dad's side, his, uh, his wife now has, uh, two girls, two girls, plus they have a girl together. So I do have sisters, but only one of them is my blood sister now. And she's, I think just turned 13. So we know each other, but you know how it is when I'm, you know, 35 now, you know, we're, we're pretty far apart. So (laughs) I never really got to have that sister. For sure. Yeah. I got, um, how old am I? I'm 43. So I got a brother that's 20, 24. So yeah, similar, nope. similar kind of deal. So yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what? you know, when you're, when you're that age and, and, you know, 15, 16 years old, you know, you, you're starting to drive, you're in, you know, a little bit into high school. And for me, I, I just, you know, I had this, there was a lot going on in my family, but I kind of, I kind of, I don't deflected that in a way by uh, doing a lot of sports and a lot of athletics. So that was kind of my thing. I was pretty athletic, loved to play football, basketball, baseball. There wasn't really a lot else going. I I wrestled as well. There was a lot of, there wasn't really a lot of other things going on. So I kind of found for me that that was the way I could keep myself out of trouble and kind of stick around the people that I like to hang out with. But I was also one of those guys who wasn't clicky and wasn't, uh, into just hanging out with one certain group of people. And, uh, so I, I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of different people who I I hung out with a lot of different groups. It didn't matter if you were the cool group or you were the loser group. Like I was probably hanging out with you at different parts of the day or different parts of the week. So I just tried to be somebody who was a little bit rebellious in a way in that sense, because there was, it was really easy. I think at that age for most, most young guys to, uh, hang out with the clicks, hang out with who was cool and not lend that hand out to maybe some of those guys that weren't as cool or maybe didn't have the confidence that I had or the, you know, the, the app to be more outgoing like I was. So um, that's kind of, that's a little bit about who I was, but man, I, I honestly, I was, I was a pretty, get, where did you <laughs> get that? 
the the confidence part, like to to reach out and to get to the other groups, right? Like where that's not a normal thing, especially in a time like being 15, 16, right? You're inherently, and it's not yeah. even your fault. You're physiologically, it's it's a very myopic time because you're a hormonal freaking nightmare. Yep. Right. And you're and it's uh it's very much this. Um, I've, I'm starting to come into myself, but I also think I have everything figured out when I really don't have a ton figured out. Um, and so there's this weird battle that's going on. Where did you, that the, uh, the, really the confidence and the desire to reach out to all these different groups and help all these people, where did that come from? Is that a parent thing, a DNA thing? Where did you get that? I, I think that's, I think there's many different areas it comes from. I, I know my mom really spoke into my life um, at an early age. So I would say that my mom, <laughs> unfortunately, was the one who was more speaking into my life because my dad was an alcoholic and he wasn't really uh, speaking into my life very much. He, he was there. He was, he was around, but he wasn't, uh, wasn't really my mentor or my go-to person when it came to, you know, building myself up, but I did have a good mom who, who was there. Of course, she's the nurturing one. And, and that was her, that was her thing. Um, but I also had some really good coaches, you know, some high school football coaches, some baseball coaches, some different people who spoke into my life as well. And I think that that just built a lot of confidence. They, they, they told me that, you know, I, I had greatness inside of me. They, they told me that I could be what I wanted to be in life and I could do good things in life if I wanted to. So I had a lot of that, but I also had, a lot of adversity, I think, in my life. So adapting to that adversity in my life, I I didn't really always have a certain group of people I was always wanting to hang out with. You know, it was kind of like I wasn't like the popular or the cool kid. I was, you know, kind of just the guy, one of the guys in the class. Um, so when I looked at that, I was like, you know what? you don't have to be cool or you don't have to be like the cool guy. You know, I, even though I was a jokester and I, I like to be loud and I like to be a little obnoxious, I, I just thought, you know, why can't I, you know, you know, have friends that are part of all different groups. You know, I don't have to be part of the cool group or part of the, you know, the, a certain group. I can just be friends with everybody. So I, you know, I think it comes from just having confidence, you know, the people put confidence in, in me around me. Um, but maybe also part of it was that, you know, maybe a little bit was that I, didn't have all the confidence I needed as well. Maybe it was because I was a little bit, you know, trying to figure myself out too, and just trying to figure out who, who were my people, who are my kind of people. Right. Yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense. So you're going through that. You got these great coaches, they're pouring into the, to the greatness mentality. And then you're also in the, the quintessential small town USA, right. <laughs> that comes with its pros and cons uh, yeah. very much. Right. There's a lot of pros to small town USA. There's a lot of, um, nostalgia there there's a lot of like it's really cool you get some different opportunities but there are some cons too and some of those end up being a quote-unquote small town mindset where it's like hey look the reality is this is who you are this is where you're born this is where you're raised and this is where you're going to continue to find whatever job you can find here you're staying here you're going to die here you'll be buried right there right there's some of that that goes along 100 right did you have any of that thought for you or was this conversation of greatness like maybe I'm going to venture out a little bit and and what did you know post high school like what was kind of the decision for you yeah for sure yeah you're exactly right Matt there there is that mindset and and it's still there I'll, I'll go home and visit and there's a lot of that mindset still there and you have to be very careful about uh how much you let that speak into your life and how much of that you take in um I'm very careful about that so you know obviously when I go home I'm not I'm not hanging out with uh, a lot of the same people I used to hang out with I'm not spending a lot of time with certain people now (laughs) 
am I being respectful to those people? Am I saying hello? Am I, you know, telling my story? Absolutely. Like I want to, I want to help, you know, serve and, and help other people and encourage them that they can, you know, do whatever they want to do in life. You know, just because you're from a small town of 500 people that in, in that moment, it seems like you can't get outside of that. You can, cause I've done it, you know, and, and not saying that staying close to home, isn't a good thing. That can be a good thing too. Uh, we, we all have a different purpose in life and a different mission that we need to move forward towards. And uh, it, for some people, it might be that you need to be that guy who stays close to home and stays close to the family and, and does your thing there. But uh, for me, you know, I, there was a lot of that mentality. So part of me was like, man, I, I guess I'm just going to, you know, live here at home or live here in this small town and maybe work on the farm after, you know, after I'm done with school, I'll, I'll go to a local community college and maybe I'll build like a cool business or something here locally or whatever. Or maybe I'll, I'll do something really cool in the area. But I, I always knew that I probably was going to be getting after it in life. And like, you know, I, I felt like I always had, you know, something inside of me where I wanted to um, pursue my own endeavors, but I never realized honestly until I was probably in college that you could really get outside that box. So I was my, in my first year of technical college, which an hour away from my hometown, I, I really ventured out, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and uh, so I got into tech college um, and I was going to school for techno technology. And this is back, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago when technology wasn't a big thing yet. The Internet wasn't, you know, social media wasn't a huge thing yet. Um, but I was kind of on that front, the front lines of that. So um, as I dove into social media and I dove into, I don't know if any of these guys remember MySpace, they probably don't because we have Facebook and Instagram now, but um, there was all these different, you know, things happening at that time. Um, you know, there was no such thing as video calls like this. So it's kind of, kind of crazy to think about that. But, uh, you know, I started to, uh, I started working for my uncle who had a company. Um, it was a supplement company uh, in the in the town where I was going to college. And I started doing a paid internship for him. And uh, it kind of opened the doors to that next level of mindset for me. Like, he was a guy who was a business owner. He had traveled the world. He had done big business with many different businesses over the years. Um, and so actually having him around me um, and get him allowing me to have that opportunity for a paid internship with his company while I was going to school, while I was going to college for technology, um, it kind of opened that door and that mindset for me that like, hey, there's a big world out there. You can you can pursue different passions or endeavors or achievements that you want to in life. Um, so it, it really opened my eyes having a, a good mentor like him, even though in that moment, I, I didn't have a great relationship with him. Like it was a little bit up and down at times. I did have respect for him for the fact that I knew that he was somebody who was from my hometown who had ventured out himself and had done some pretty cool stuff. So I, I think here, here we go again. This is a pattern, of course, is it's yeah. who you surround yourself with, right? <laughs> I mean, you start bringing these different people into your life or or you happen to just stumble along and, and, and they're in your life. Um, you know, you need to have an open mindset to listen and, and, and really hear what they're saying and, and really uh, have the mindset of uh, understanding what they're trying to teach you in that moment. And even though I was a hardheaded 18, 19, 20 year old who was going to do things my own way, um, I did have him speaking into my life, having him show an example of different things in my life. And later on down the road, now I look back, of course, you know, 15 years later, and I'm like, wow, what a, what a great mentor Tim was to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and what a good, you know, for him to speak into my life like that when nobody else was, because he knew, he knew we were from small town, Minnesota. Uh, you know, he, he basically said exactly what you kind of led off with, you know, that mentality, that, that mindset. And he knew that as well. And he knew that, Hey, 
he saw something obviously inside of me and we've talked later that he did. He, he has told me like, I've seen something inside of you that's different than most guys growing up where we, where we come from and that you had something where you could get outside the box. So from there, I started, I started actually building my first business while I was a freshman in college. I started doing graphic design and building websites and doing logos and started to do some social media stuff um, just because I was really good at all those things. And it was so fresh and so new. So that kind of gave me this little, view this little um window into what was possible um and then you know obviously it moved on from there that's so rad so who so the intentionality around these mentors you guys i don't ever want that to go away you guys have a, an a, an obscene opportunity to meet with just amazing men every single yeah. you know every single week which is which is ridiculous and that's fantastic and you guys take advantage of that you guys have great conversations and that's that's great there's always mentors nearby as well. And then we talk about the fact that books become mentors and gentlemen that you haven't even met, but you're listening to their podcast or you're watching these, like these become mentors to you as well. The most important thing is that they're downloading whatever this is, right? And then you're taking action throughout. So as you're taking action, Colin, in this story too, and kind of going into this entrepreneurial world, you got Tim, that's kind of been a mentor. As you start building out these businesses uh, or this business, who are you looking at at that time? And who are some of the mentors as you've gone along the way, because I want to get into what you're doing now business-wise too, but who are some of these guys that have been mentors along the way, whether you've known them personally or not? Yeah, yeah. And for me, I, I was somebody who was into reading and into books and, and different things like that. We didn't have a lot of podcasts back then, but YouTube was getting started. So I was watching videos. I was learning, you know, obviously being on the front line of technology back in 2006, you know, you you start to learn, hey, I can I can watch videos, I can read books, you know, I can do all these different things. Um, so just outside of like having a guy like Tim, uh, luckily for me, going to tech school, being in, in the, um, you know, the kind of the... Um, the community where it was more, um, you know, technology wise, there was a lot of people who were more forward thinking. So several of my college professors at that time um, were very like forward thinking, like, hey, technology is a great thing if you use it the right way. You know, there's a lot of opportunity here. If you use this in the right way, um, you can, you know, make something from basically nothing if you apply yourself to it. So I had a lot of great, you know, college professors um, at that time. Um, it, was a, it was a whole different time period as well. So. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, I would say a lot of book reading, a lot of, um, uh, just good people around me, man. I, I can't really, I'm trying to think specifically if there was anybody specifically, um, I can actually point to one guy who kind of, uh, I, I read a book, it was called Backcountry Bow Hunting. It was by this guy named Cameron Haynes. And I don't know if any of these guys know who Cameron Haynes is now. He's become pretty, pretty well known on social media for being a bow hunter and being an, an endurance athlete. But back then Cam was, uh, he was just a small town guy who was writing articles for hunting magazines, which I was a big hunter and outdoorsman. Um, and I was working for my uncle, which was a supplement company in the hunting industry. So I started to read his book and he, he started to talk about living your life. Like you're, you know, like you're doing it as like an athlete, like he, he pursued things like, Hey, if I'm going to be the best bow hunter possible, I need to train. I need to work on myself. I need to improve myself. I need to try to figure things out along the way. Um, so I always, you know, Cam was one of those people first off, I was like, wow, this guy's talking about hunt hunting is one of those things where a lot of people think, Oh, you just go out in the woods and you sit on a, sit in a deer blind and that's it. You don't really have to be in shape. You don't really have to know anything. You just kind of sit there. Well, that can be true. And that can be relaxing and an enjoyable part of hunting. There's a lot of 
people who are into hunting for the aspect of hiking up into the mountains with your bow and arrow and chasing after elk in the, in the, in the mountains. And Cam was one of those guys. So he pursued hunting like he was this professional athlete and me being a former athlete and me, uh, you know, being somebody who was into sports and loved watching sports center and ESPN at that time, I was like, man, this guy looks at things totally differently than, than I've ever imagined somebody looking at hunting. So I can definitely go back and say, Cam was a mentor from afar. I hadn't met him at that point, but uh, then I ended up actually getting a chance. He was uh, one of the athletes on our, um, on our staff with the supplement company I was working with. So I actually got to meet Cam and got to know him on a personal level, you know, back then as well. And, and got to really see that he was living it in person too. So that was pretty cool before social media times, of course. That's right. Yeah. That's, and if you guys don't know, I mean, I know Micah, I think you said you, yeah. Saying you watch a lot of Cam stuff about bow hunting. The man is just a, he's a beast. His episodes with Joe, he's good friends with Joe Rogan as well. His episodes with Joe are, are really, really phenomenal. Um, as you talk about the work ethic and, and everything that that man is doing and, and how he approaches life. And it is, um, it is oftentimes a masterclass on really just getting after being who you want to be. Uh, so highly recommend his, his stuff there. So was that the, the big kind of the, the transition for you? Like you were, I didn't realize the supplement company was in the hunting realm. Yep. So was that really kind of the, the push for getting you to, to what you're doing now? Cause I want to get to what you're doing now. And I also want to get to your own transformation and, and what you're, yeah. you know, you're attacking there too. So I want to, how do we get to bridging the gap to what you're doing now business-wise? Micah mentioned too, as well, elk shape. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to mention oh, that as nice. well. Uh, the elk shape is Dan Staten. And actually Dan was one of our uh, athletes at that time as well. And I met Dan way back 15 years ago as well, when he was young and he was getting started in the industry. So very cool that Micah mentioned that. That's super cool. Kind of you, know Chad? you know, Chad Mendez by any chance? I've met Chad a couple of times. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Chad's a, Chad's a, a dear friend too, man. He's, I don't I've, know him on a personal level, probably like you do, Matt, but I've met him a couple of times and had a chance to chat with him a few times. Yeah. yeah. It's such a good guy, man. And I've gone, I've gone hunting with Chad and he runs, you know, obviously runs fins and feathers and yes. you know, so he just, he's a, he's a stud man. And just an all around good, all around good dude. Good human. Yeah. So, so go back, going back to your question now, kind of how, how were you uh, asking that again? If you would so just the, the, transition to so i didn't realize the supplement company was attached yep. to to hunting and so now you've got a little bit of entrepreneurship experience mm-hmm. under your belt you're also seeing the supplementation side you're seeing guys yep. like cam haynes that are making a life around this yep you know how did you bridge that gap from having this knowledge now to what it is you're doing now because i want these guys to understand um yep. kind of what your day-to-day looks like now what are you doing now yeah yeah so that was that was a really eye, big eye opener for me because i was like I started to realize like, man, you can like make a living in a certain niche area of this world if you want to. So if you like hunting or you like bow hunting, like you can actually pursue that, whether it's being a bow hunter now or, you know, in in hunting, like for as a professional hunter, or you can pursue a niche market. Like I'm doing marketing specifically for hunting companies. So that was kind of what I started to pursue as I started to build out that time. It was just me, of course. Um, a marketing company, which was me. <laughs> um, so I started doing websites for different people in the industry. And as I did a good job for one person, they'd be like, Hey, Colin's the guy you got to go work with him. So then, you know, word of mouth would spread and, and that would bring me in new clients, which was great. You know, I was trying to do a good job for people. And, and there wasn't a lot of people doing these kind of things back then as well. Right. So it was 
it was like an open, like, I just happened to be, you know, in the right place at the right time. There's something to be said for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, from there, you know, I, I just, I started again, I, I was going to college at that time. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm in a college dorm room a lot of times. And when I had my free time, I wasn't out partying. I wasn't out, you know, getting crazy with women or girls or anything like that, which, you know, it was very tempting to, um, but that first couple of years of college, I really just kind of put my head down and, and kind of just focused on my, on my work, focused on my schooling and focused in on kind of like, man, I have this opportunity to be an entrepreneur to like actually build a business. And, I don't have to live like in central Minnesota the rest of my life. I could, I could go live anywhere. I could go live in Montana. I could go live in Texas. I could go live anywhere I want. So I started to like really kind of keep that in the, in the back of my head. Um, from there, I, I transit transitioned to a four-year school, a, a Christian college in, in the twin cities uh, in Minnesota and actually went back to, um, to play football for a couple of years as well. So while I was playing football, uh, again, in my college dorm room, building, trying to build this little business, you know, building relationships, um, you know, I was spending most of my time, you know, I don't know, work grinding for a lack of a better term, even though I don't really like that word anymore. And I don't like that that attitude right now in my life or that mindset of grinding. I think there is periods of time in your life where, you know, when you're single and you're young, it's okay to go get after it and spend a lot of your time doing something like that, you know, pursuing those different endeavors. So you can learn a lot in that moment to have that, you know, as something that you use later on in life. So that's what I did, man. I I just really spent a lot of my free time. You know, obviously I was playing college football, so I was lifting weights, working out, eating good food, and then in my free time, I was going to trade shows. Um, I was uh, building, you know, websites and graphic design and on phone calls with my clients and different things like that, just trying to make a little bit of extra money to, to you know, to build this business and kind of make a living while I was paying a bunch of money to go to college. Um, so it was it was a it was a pretty pretty interesting time. Now that I think back and look back at it, but uh, a lot of people were, and I'm not saying that I wasn't doing some stupid stuff. I was for sure. There was moments in there where I was, you know, not not doing what I should have been doing. But for the most part, I tried to stay pretty pretty you know in line with uh, you know just staying focused on these these goals and these endeavors that I had even though I didn't even realize in that moment that what I was doing is I had this vision for my life. I I had this internal vision for my life, even though I wasn't writing it out and I wasn't like really looking at it very much. I internally, I had this and luckily, luckily I had that. Yeah. You were still moving the needle forward. And that's, you know, we talk to these guys incessantly about that too, either right. Time is either invested or it's wasted. Yep. There is no net neutral. Like you're either doing something that is moving you forward or you're doing something that's moving you backwards. And it's always now a clock period in the story. It's always now o'clock. Right now, what are you doing? Is this moving you forward? Is this something that is positive? Is this something that is moving you in the direction that you want to move? You know, it's, it's extraordinarily valuable. And you are putting in that, and especially at the young age, I agree, the grinding concept gets bastardized and thrown out of, you know, yep. for sure. At the young age, investing as much time as you can moving forward, there's this compound interest effect for these young men that is just exponential. We talk about it in terms of finance, but in the reality of in terms of just overall output, these guys putting in the time now just creates yep. this this rocket ship, mm-hmm. you know, for them that that you at 35 or me at 43 is just not the same thing for us. We still need to do it, but it's not the same. So it's wildly important. So let's talk about because I want to open it up to to these guys here in a second too, but I want to talk about what the business looks like now, what you're doing now on the day to day. 
And then I want to talk briefly too about what you're training for and this transformation process too. So give us the give us the business yeah. side first. Yeah. And then I want them to understand the training side on that. And we're going to open it up to them. So I ended, what I ended up doing, Matt, in my 20s and spending a lot of time building my business, of course, after college and, and those things. And it, and it was very, very successful monetarily and just building relationships and, and those kinds of things. And like you said, like I spent a lot of that time really intentional and focused on that, um, you know, and, and it has, I think now 10, 15 years later, that's going to pay off in a sense. It's like, you know, you hear this, these overnight success stories, which that's not really a thing. It's, it's you putting in those hours and that time, you know, in my twenties, now that I'm in my thirties, I have more wisdom. I have more balance in my life. Um, I have more, you know, I'm using these connections in a way where it's not just about me, it's about serving and helping others. So looking back, it's like, yeah, I, I did invest a lot of that time in that moment to, you know, uh, luckily for now it's, uh, you know, it's become a great thing for me. Um, but man, I, I, I spent a lot of that time building a, a marketing um, agency. I ended up having five to six employees for about four years. We did really, really well. This was in early 2010, 2011, 2012. Um, when again, agent, you know, we had the big crash, the market crash at that point, you know, the housing market was going crazy, those kinds of things. So the economy was not doing well. Um, but there was a lot of opportunity for young guys like me who were willing to get after it and uh, really work hard. Um, and now a lot of these marketing um, people were looking at spending their budget on new new age marketing, which was, you know, websites and social media and those kinds of things. So I, I ended up hitting it at, at the right time and built a, a really cool business around a lot of digital marketing and social media marketing. I worked with many of the top businesses in, in the hunting industry, guys like Cam, guys like, you know, um, Dan Staten were some of my personal clients. Ted Nugent was one of my clients, awesome. um, a lot of different companies, stuff like that. So it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and then from there, I, I kind of had a transition period where uh, I was working with a business partner and we both decided we wanted to go separate ways. We honestly, we had a little bit of burnout from working ourselves to the ground for about four years. Yeah. And we both didn't see the future as wanting to be a marketing agency. We wanted to put, pursue some different endeavors. So, um, you know, I, I'm 26, 27 at this point. Um, and I decided to take my skills and my knowledge to start a website, which, which was called outdoor overload at the time. So I ended up running that business and built a huge social media following around that. And, uh, um, ended up selling that business to one of my competitors for, for a good sum of money, um, late in my twenties, as I transitioned into marriage and, and having kids and those kinds of things. And actually just hitting a spurt of in that, in that period, I was, there was a lot of complacency, honestly, in that period of time. Um, I was really so focused on my work and making money and serving myself that I really got lost in that. I got lost in in um, looking cool within that community and looking, you know, like a certain image uh, within that community when it came to money and power and 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 you know those kinds of things. And I got lost in myself through that. And I think that kind of stems back maybe to. Um, not having a, a solid foundation um, with my dad and maybe some of my past relationships. So I had to have a, a really wake, I had a, a wake up moment in there and we don't have to go in depth about that, but I ended up getting married, having my first or having my first child first and then getting married. I did it the wrong way. I'll be honest. And uh, that was a big wake up call for me. And I had, um, like I said, I had a lot of complacency in that period of time and I had to, uh, had a lot of pride and um, I had just a wake up call where I had to kind of come to and realize, Hey, I'm, it's not about me anymore. I've got 
this wife, I've got this child. Um, it's time to stand up and be a leader for them. So um, that's when I, I made a real big transition in my life. My faith plays a big part of that as well. Um, I came back to my faith in that in that moment of time. Um, so that was a that was a huge transformation for me just in that moment, you know, just a big mindset change, a faith change. Um, and then just that instead of the me first mentality, it was hey, I have to serve. I have to be here for for the people around me. So that was a big transition in my life, which has led me into the last three to five years, um, which is probably a lot of the transformation you, you've you seen, Matt, and you and we obviously talked about um, where I've ended up losing 100 pounds over the last two and a half years. Um, I, after COVID, after 2020, I was pretty, again, complacent. I was not working, you know, not a lot of the gyms were closed. So I wasn't working out. I wasn't being intentional about even doing work outside of that. I was sitting in my house, sitting in my recliner, watching movies, watching TV, eating food. No, my marketing budgets all went away. I I was doing consulting at that time um, for a lot of, for a lot of different uh, hunting businesses again. And uh, so those budgets went away and it's like, well, what do I do? I guess I just sit around and and mope around, you know? So I got complacent, um, wasn't focused on what I needed to be focused on and uh, ended up getting very depressed, uh, very overweight and and really didn't have a good routine or a good a good habits in my life at that point. And this was end of end of 2020. And so one day and in, in, at the end of 2020, it was I think it was Christmas Day. My my child my son was uh, going to be born within the next week. Uh, I woke up and uh, I remember going to take a shower and I came out of the shower and I looked in the mirror and I was like, man, I'm I'm not good. I'm not in a good place. How am I going to lead my son? How am I going to lead my kids? You know, um, and in that moment you know, something kind of sparked inside of me that like, Hey, quit making excuses. It's, it's time for you to take ownership over your life and quit worrying about what everybody else is doing. And it's time for you to make a change in your life. So that's kind of what happened, um, going into 2021. And and that's when I decided to go down this, first of all, this, my, my faith, I was, you know, I was coming back into my faith and also my fitness. I knew that, Hey, if I could get a couple of those things, right, I could start to get, get on this good path with my fitness, that that would build that um, that confidence back in me that I needed. And that would start to help with a lot of different areas of my life. And that compounding effect would, you know, roll over into my, um, my other areas of my health, you know, and my, you know, just my life. So that's amazing, man. I love that because I love seeing that, um, you know, everybody loves the, the story of, of, uh, of the guy that's just been crushing it and, and continues to crush it and everything's going well and he's taking on higher and higher. Everybody loves that story. But the reality of the hero's journey is it's a circular thing. And there are, as we're going around in that circle, there are times, doesn't matter who you are, if you're really on this hero's journey, there's times where you're kind of down in the dumps and yep. uh, at least your version of that, right? And for some people that can be a pretty dang big low, but the whole point of the hero's journey is that you're pulling a lesson out of that to continue yourself going forward. So that transformation of, of success to, man, I'm not in a good spot to really committing to come back around yes. you have lost this hundred pounds. You're now training for a ridiculous event. You're leading a family, right? And you're back in business and, and succeeding in that. Like that to me is, is a testament to what's up here. And it's a testament to what's in here, right? That's a warrior's heart. That's a warrior mindset. Um, and you're not just, you're not just sending the memes out on social no. media, right? And that to me, again, is the big thing, man. I'm, I, I like the guys that can say the right words, but I'm going to go ahead and watch your life. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. I'm going to watch your life. And I've watched you for a couple of years live what you are saying. And to me, that is where, you know, the closer you, you take what I'm saying and what I live. And if you put those two things together, then you, the amount of respect you have earned is inversely proportionate to how much space is here. There's no space for you. So you've earned all that respect, man. And I, I, uh, I have a lot of respect for it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And yeah, just to kind of touch on Matt, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, some of the stuff I was training for and those kinds of things. And, and so I actually, I ended up losing a hundred pounds over that two and a half year period. And I, I didn't really have a goal of how much weight I wanted to lose. I just knew I wanted to get healthy. And that obviously that snowballed into a lot of other areas of my life. And one of those areas was, I just started to realize like, I need to start doing some hard stuff. Like if I start doing some really hard things and, you know, and setting some of these goals and setting that vision that I have for my life and, and, and going on a mission towards those things, um, you know, having that framework built into my life now, uh, it really helped me start to push towards some really cool stuff. And one of those things is I'd, I'd never been a runner. Um, I actually kind of hate running <laughs> to be honest, but, um, I've always been into hiking and, and strength training and those things, obviously with my past in college football, um, and then being a hunter outdoorsman, I like those kinds of things, but I was like, you know what, running is one of those things that I don't like. So why don't I try to do better at that? Or why don't I start doing that more? So obviously I had started to lose some weight and, and feeling good about myself and having confidence. I started to do some, some runs on a daily basis and that, kind of snowballed into, okay, like, let's go, let's go do a 5k, you know, which is 3.1 miles. So I went and did a 5k. It was last uh, summer. Um, I went back to my hometown and they had a little local 5k at the summer, you know, at the summer fest or whatever. And so I went and did that ended up placing second place or something. I was like, Oh man, I'm, I'm fast, man. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, small town. <laughs> um, but I got, I know I, just something after that sparked inside of me, I was like, man, let's do something really crazy. I'd always had this thing inside of me where I wanted to run a really big, long trail race. And obviously I kind of mentioned Cam Haynes, uh, if, you know, for the guys that know Cam, he's, he's big into endurance running and, and, and trail running. That's one of his big things he talks about a lot. And, uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to train for a hundred mile race. And I had a few of my friends who, who are into running. They're like, why would you do that? Why don't you just go do like a half marathon or a marathon? I was like, why would I do that when I can do that along the way? You know, I can, I can hire a coach and I can start training uh, for this hundred miles. And I know along that path, I'm going to do a 10 K I'm going to do a 15. I'm going to do a 20. I'm going to do a half marathon. I'm going to do a marathon. And eventually my training over that five month period of time uh, ended up being many weeks where every Saturday and Sunday, I was putting in, you know, 30 miles on a Saturday and another, you know, 12 to 15 miles on a Sunday. So it's, it's pretty crazy when you put, when you truly get committed to something and then you, you know, put a plan in place. And for me, I, I hired, hired a coach, brought him into place, you know, and, and to help me. Um, and then I was really committed to that plan. When nobody was looking, I was doing the work. When nobody was there to cheer me on, I was still doing the work. Um, it became, you know, about doing the work when, you know, having that integrity, having that commitment. Um, and so I trained over a five month period of time. And then in February, I ended up running a hundred mile, a hundred mile ultra uh, race and completed that in 27 hours it took me. So, uh, and then a month after that, I ended up running a hundred K, which was a 62 mile, which 
was shorter, of course. But again, like I'm not a runner. I don't necessarily like running, but I pursued something really, really hard and crazy because in that time I grew more than I've ever grown in my life over that five, six months of training. Um, I didn't just grow as a runner. I grew as a dad. I grew as a husband. I grew in my faith. I grew, you know, in my, in, in all areas, in my mindset, my strength, um, you know, in so many different areas. So yeah, just, we have to push towards hard things in that moment. We don't want to. And it seems like, why would we try to do hard stuff purposely? But I, I can, I'm here to tell you, I didn't do a lot of things, hard things purposely in my life. And because of that, I didn't build up that commitment and I didn't build up that, that, um, that resiliency that I needed in my life. And now I've, I'm building that and not, not just for myself, but so I can stand up as a husband, I can stand up as a, you know, a father I can stand up as a community leader, the people around me, those kinds of things. I can stand up right now and be on this call with this community and, and, and speak into you. So that's, what's important to me now is, is serving and helping others and hopefully making that impact where it's going to spread along, you know, spread out to your family and your friends as well. You have now taken the step to becoming a great leader of tomorrow. Join the Apogee program by visiting www.apogeestrong.com. For inquiries, contact us 916-728-0606 or email matt at apogeestrong.com. Thank you for listening to Essential 11, Shaping Leaders Among Leaders. Stay tuned for more episodes.